0: Good morning, church. It's time to begin our worship service this morning. If you would please uh, make your way in and have a seat. Please take out a songbook and turn to number 102. First song will be number 102. In vain, in high and holy lays my soul, her grateful voice
1: would raise. For who can sing the worthy praise of the wonderful love of Jesus? Wonderful love, wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus. Wonderful love, wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus. A joy by day, a peace by night, in storms, a calm in darkness, light. In pain, a balm in weakness, light is the wonderful love of Jesus. Wonderful love, wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus. Wonderful love. Wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus. My hope for pardon when I call, my trust for lifting when I fall. In life, in death, my all in all is the wonderful love of Jesus. Wonderful love, wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus. Wonderful love, wonderful love, wonderful love of Jesus.
2: Morning. morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning, especially those who are visiting with us. We want you to know you're our guest. We hope that you will. Uh, Make plans to attend with us again. We ask that you fill out an attendance card so we might have a record of your attendance. Please place it in the collection plate as it passes. Our times of services are Bible study, Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., Sunday morning worship, 10.30, uh, Sunday evening worship, 5 p.m., Wednesday evening worship, 7 o'clock. There will be Bible bowl practice this afternoon at 4 o'clock. There will also be a fellowship meal after services tonight. Please plan to attend and enjoy a great meal with great fellowship. Next Ladies Devo is this Tuesday at 6.30. The location has changed and will now be in the fellowship hall. We will be uh, gathering items for the prison ministry. Please take a look over the list posted in the carrying corner for items needed. All items need to be at the church by Wednesday night as we will be sending these to the ministry soon. The ladies sewing group needs gently used t-shirts sizes uh, large to 2X or 3X. Please place the t-shirts in the laundry basket in the carrying corner for the group to use. We invite all teachers and assistants that teach in our Bible classes and those who taught in VBS to a special night just for you. The banquet will be Saturday, October 22nd, 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Please sign up on the sheet in the foyer so we may better prepare for this event. The ladies are invited to a diaper and wipe shower for Becca Lacombe and Madison Wallace on Sunday October 23rd at 2 p.m. Becca is expecting a boy, and Madison is expecting a girl. I have a few thank you cards. To my church family, thanks so much for the cards, calls, text messages, and prayers for me during my illness. Love, Wayne Head. Next one says, to everyone who came to visit, sent flowers, all your cards... Uh, All your calls and prayers, the wonderful meal prepared for our family, cards, and just your kind words of comfort. And the list just keeps going on and on. All this brought light into a very difficult time. Thank you for your love and support through everything. As my daddy would say, I'm glad you all got to see me again, and I will see you in heaven. Love, Mike and Susan Myers. Stroudsville family, my family and I would like to say thank you for all the cards, letters, and most of all, your prayers while my husband and I fought cancer. I am blessed to report that God has been leading us through this journey, and we are both cancer-free now. It was a true pleasure to get to meet some of you a few weeks ago while we were visiting Aunt Pam, or as we know her, Lee Smith. Again, we are so thankful for all you did during our journeys, loving Christ, Kim and Josh, Horner, and girls. That concludes our announcements. Now we'll have a reading.
3: This morning I'll be reading from Colossians 3, chapters, uh, verses 23 to 25, and I'll be reading from the NIV. Whatever you do, work it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism.
0: Our next song this morning will be number seventeen, number one seven. Hallelujah! Praise Jehovah
1: from the heavens, praise His name. Praise Jehovah in. Exalted and his glory is exalted and his glory. Oh, God.
4: Bow with me, dear Lord. We come before thee now. At thy feet, we humbly bow. Dear Lord, as we enter this worship service, we pray that we can give you the honor, praise, and glory you deserve. Dear Lord, we sing these songs to you, we say these prayers to you, we commune with you. Dear Lord, we listen to this worship service and we take it into our heart. Dear Lord, we pray that everything that we say and do is acceptable and pleasing to you in accordance to your will. Dear Lord, there's some of our number that, that have struggled from loss of loved ones. We pray for them and their families and the times that they have that are ahead, that they have to look on to you, dear Lord, to find comfort. And dear Lord, we also come to you at this time remembering the ones, our number, that are sick and have recovered. We thank you for that. Dear Lord, we pray for our souls as we're tempted and and Satan is always trying to to swing at us, dear Lord. We pray that we can use your word as our sword, our shield, and that we can guard against the demons and the evils of this world. Dear Lord, we pray for our military, the struggles that they go through with their deployments, dear Lord, the things that they constantly have to endure. We pray that you'll watch over them, protect them, dear Lord. We pray that you will forgive us of our sins, and we honor you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: Following this next song, we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. Your only Son, no sin to
1: hide, but you have sent Him from your side to walk upon the guilty sod and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of love they crucified, they laughed and scorned him as he died. The humble king they named a fraud, and sacrificed the Lamb of God. Lamb of God I love the Holy Lamb of God Oh wash me in His precious blood My Jesus Christ The Lamb of God I was so long should have died. But you have brought me to your side, to be led by your staff and rod, and to be called the Lamb of In his precious blood, my Jesus Christ, the Lamb of
3: We come to this part of our worship. I can remember back as we read concerning the the last Passover feast that Jesus had with his disciples. and He said, I have desired to have this last Passover with you. In that Passover meal and the events that surrounded it, there were several things that, that Jesus took care of. First of all, there was no host there, and so Jesus becomes a host. He uh, lays aside his garment. He girts himself with a towel, and he pours a basin of water, and he washes the disciples' feet. When he had completed that, he says, you don't understand now, but you will. And the, the one who wants to be Uh, first in the kingdom is the one who serves. Another event that he took care of, and that's a very sad event, but one of the reasons why we are around this table today. He says, one of you is going to betray me. And then the, the disciples began to say, Lord, is it I? And he points out who it was. And as Judas leaves that supper that night, Jesus says, whatever you do, do do that quickly. And then he, he took care of what we have come to know as the Lord's Supper. He took bread and he says, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup. He says, this is a new testament, a new covenant in my blood. This do in remembrance of me. And when Jesus went to that cross, he went there and he gave his life willingly. And he shed his blood that we might have hope in life. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this bread which represents the body that was sacrificed on the cross for our sins. Father, that your great love compelled him to come to this earth and his willingness to go to that cross and give up his life that we might have hope in life. Father, we pray that you would bless us as we partake of this bread is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Let us bow. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this fruit of the vine, which is representative of your blood that you shed on the cross for our sins. We're thankful, Father, for this great gift that that you have provided for us so as to bring us redemption and the hopes of eternal life. We pray, Father, that you would bless us as we drink of this cup. Is our prayer in Christ's name. This completes the Lord's Supper. At this time, we have a, an opportunity to return a portion of what God has blessed us with. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the, that you've given us an ability to work and make a living for our families. We pray, Father, that you would help us to return cheerfully a portion of that that you have blessed us with for the advancement of your cause is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.
0: If you'd like to mark our invitation song this morning, it'll be number 590, 590. <clears throat> Now before the lesson, let's all stand and sing number 444. I once was lost in sin,
1: but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love, and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Feel a little prayerful yearning. Heart unto heaven is turning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my path seems drear without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The mists of sin may rise and hide the starry skies. But just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Feel a little prayerful yearning. Heart unto heaven is turning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry, answer by and by. Feel a little prayerful yearning, heart into heaven is turning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right.
0: Please be seated.
5: How's everybody doing today? Good morning. Good to see you. Appreciate you being here. And wanted to let you know, if you're visiting with us today, we're, we're blessed to have you. Thank you for coming, and we hope that you will come and be with us again. We're actually concluding a lesson series today on Queen Esther. We've had, I think, four four lessons in intro, three lessons today is the last lesson, concluding lesson, and so I hope you'll uh, enjoy our conclusion on the story of, of Esther, a time for faith and bravery. She was a beautiful woman, chosen basically to serve as a queen because of her beauty, but I believe what we find most enduring about her is her inner beauty, her faith, her bravery. We looked at a map of the Persian Empire, the most powerful empire at the time under which uh, several Jews had been taken captive, and we know this was toward the end of the seven year 70-year period of captivity. Initially, it was under Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. And now we see a Persian empire. And so uh, here is Queen Esther serving in in the capital Susa of the most powerful empire in the world at this time. And so today is going to be a conclusion. And what I'm trying to do is sort of wrap this thing up uh, with a conclusion and help everybody to understand what are the biblical applications The second most important question is, what can we learn? What can we learn from God's Word today? And what are the truths that are at the heart of the story? So I'd like to have a few things that you can take away and say, those are some interesting lessons from Esther, things that we can use in our life today that we use and observe. And so you'll hear me as I bring the lesson today, summarizing and, and making some application. Our next slide shows an artist rendering of wicked Haman. As he walks by, he's been elevated basically to second in command over uh, the empire, Persian Empire, second only to the king. But yet in the background we see uh, Mordecai who refuses to bow. And this is kind of an, an interesting discussion about why would he not want to bow? Was he not willing to submit to the authority? I think it was more about revering him, and making God his Lord and Master, and not bowing to another. And so this infuriated Haman, and Haman decided that he wanted to eliminate Mordecai, not only Mordecai, but eventually all of the Jews. So I want you to think about Mordecai for a moment. Here he is, he's standing in opposition to this proud Haman. He is a humble Jew, He's taken on a young woman and raised her as his own daughter, Esther, who later becomes queen. Remember that the Jews have been taken by force out of their homeland, so they're in a strange land, strange language, strange customs, strange food. And so there might be an inclination to forget who you are, who you belong to. The fact that God is still your God and that you observe the Jewish customs and practices. And so here they are in this strange land. Now they're facing the risk of being destroyed after this edict has been sent out. I want to talk about the pride of Haman and the humility of Mordecai for just a moment. Again, our, our application today is what are the things that we can take away? What are the things that we can learn from this story of Queen Esther? If you have your Bible, turn to Proverbs 16. We're going to be reading this in just a moment. Proverbs 16, beginning in verse 17. In Proverbs 16, the writer says, The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Notice in verse 18, the writer also says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. When I read this, I just see Haman. I see somebody who has grown so conceited and proud of themselves. They have a lot of things to brag about, and they're puffed up. And they resent anyone who doesn't acknowledge that they're powerful. And so we see in verse 18 of Proverbs chapter 16 that pride does go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. These are precisely the things that happened to Haman, who was evil. Verse 19, I think now Mordecai, continuing in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19 says, it is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Now, this verse is not saying that you have to be poor, but being poor in spirit, being humble, is important. And it's important to show this characteristic in your life because the Bible says that God will elevate, He will lift up. Listen to First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. And as we read 1 Peter 5, 6, I'm reminded of what Brother Gene pointed out, and I'm glad he said that in the upper room. Jesus said, I desire to be here. Uh, It's important for me to be here in this feast, this this feast shortly before he dies. But one thing I appreciated that Brother Gene said is that Jesus intentionally girded up his, his covering. He knelt down and washed the feet of his own students. He became the servant. There was no host present. So he showed great humility. As a matter of fact, Peter, you may recall, in the upper room, was indignant. No, Lord, this is, this is not appropriate. This is not right for you to wash my feet. No, you don't understand, Peter. I, I must do this. And so he showed humility. He took the role of a servant. The Bible says that he... Humbled himself even to death on a cross. He prayed in the garden shortly thereafter that same night. Lord, if it be thy will, take this away. He didn't want it, but yet he submitted himself. He humbled himself. 1 Peter 5, 6, with that in mind and Jesus' wonderful example of humility, Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. We know that the Father has exalted Jesus into a position of great honor and authority. Every every, uh, mouth will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow. And so He's exalted because He humbled Himself. So now, with this in mind, this introduction to our conclusion, let's turn in our, in our Bible. So I'll give you a minute to turn to Esther in the Old Testament. We're going to look at chapter 7, Esther 7. So turn in your Bible, if you will. All right, Esther, chapter 7. We're going to begin in verse 2. So here we are. Let's show where we are in context of this lesson. Esther has had an initial banquet where she invited the king and Haman. She did not reveal her identity or her purpose at that time. She just served a feast Haman went home, you may recall, and was bragging and talking about how wonderful it was that he had been chosen to attend, and then the next uh, day or so, she had the banquet part two, and that's where we find ourselves now. It's time for Esther to reveal everything, more specifically to tell the king what this enemy Haman has been up to. So I'm going to pick up at verse two of Esther chapter seven. On the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you, and what's your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Now this is always encouraging when, when the king says, Whatever you want, queen, I'll give you whatever you need, up to half of the kingdom. He was receptive and open, and sounded like he was quite impressed with her, enamored with her beauty, but also... He had grown to like her as a person. A great deal of respect. Then, verse 3, Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be granted me for my wish, and my people for my request. It's interesting, in verse 4, she says, We've been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed be annihilated and then she says if we'd been sold merely as slaves men and women i would have been silent for our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king And then king ahasuerus said to queen esther who is he and where is he who has dared to do this now now the queen whom he very much appreciates respects and loves is saying i've been sentenced to die My neck is on the chopping block along with all of my people. Esther says in verse 6, A foe and an enemy. And then you can see Haman. I'd love to be there. He's probably starting to turn ghostly white. (laughs) All the blood has left his face because she's saying, This man, he's a foe. He's an enemy. This wicked man, Haman, he has done this. Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. Verse 7, The king rose in his wrath from the wine drinking and went to the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther. This is at the point where he's groveling. He's probably trembling, shaking, falling to his knees... Please, queen, please, please, I'll relent. I won't do this. I didn't know you were a Jew. It was Haman that I hated, or Mordecai I hated. And while he's groveling and begging, he falls on the couch where Esther was. As the king returns, he sees him. Will he even assault the queen in my presence in my own house? And as the word left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face, then Harbona one of the eunuchs in attendance of the king said, moreover, the gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose words saved the king, is standing at Haman's house fifty cubits high. The king said, hang him on that. They hanged Haman on the gallows that he prepared for Mordecai then the wrath of the king abated. I want to point out something about evil Haman, something that I can relate to as we bring this story to a conclusion, and that is that Esther, Mordecai, and all of the Jewish people had someone who hated them, despised them, and wanted to destroy them. The plan almost succeeded. I want you to stop and think for just a moment. How about you? Do you have any enemies today? You're like, no, I don't have any enemies. I'm a good neighbor. When somebody's sick, I'll visit them and even take them a pie. Everybody likes me. Really? Let me ask you again do you have any enemies? The answer is for all of you yes, you do have an enemy. His name is the devil. He's a rebellious fallen angel, we believe. He stood with pride. And was defiant to God, was cast down, and ever since has hated God's creation. That means you. The devil wants to destroy you. His name literally means the accuser. I believe the devil on the day of judgment when the Lord returns and we stand before him, the devil's going to be on the side of the area where judgment is taking place saying, Lord, you know what they've done. Let me tell you what I observed. Let me tell you what the demons have seen and recorded about this man. He doesn't deserve salvation. Destroy him, Lord. Destroy him. He is the accuser. He's evil. He's deceptive. He's wicked. He's manipulative. And he hates you. And he is lurking nearby. He seeks your life. But more importantly, he wants your soul. You have an enemy. We all have an enemy. And we have to understand that God has given us the equipment necessary, his own word, the armor of God to withstand these assaults that come from the devil. But may I suggest that most importantly, we have faith. We have faith that God is going to provide for us. Esther is a very interesting book for two reasons. One, prayer is never mentioned. While it's implied that prayers were offered up on behalf of the Jews, we know that God is never mentioned. God is not mentioned explicitly in the book of Esther, but God's hand is all throughout the book. God's provision, His protection, His love and caring for His people. Now I want to talk about, as we see the tide quickly turning in Mordecai and Esther's favor, and Esther is being hanged, Let's look at what's happening. Let's see the hand of God working providentially in the lives of the Jewish people. So, I want to just quickly have you turn to to chapter 8. You may have your Bible open already. But what I've done today is I've just given you a highlight, six key events in chapter 8. Number one, in verse 1, we see that uh, King Ahasuerus has given the queen Haman's house. So... She gets the house. Now, Mordecai, being such an influential person in her life, is already given charge of this house. So isn't it ironic that evil Haman is now dead, and who gets the house? Mordecai. (laughs) It sounds just like what we read a minute ago. The pride of, of Haman has brought him low, resulting in death. The humility of Mordecai, God has elevated him and granted him the very house in which Haman lived. Number two, and probably more significant, is the fact that the king now realizes that he almost allowed an edict to be carried out that destroyed all of the Jews, including his own queen, Queen Esther. So what does he do? He takes the signet ring that used to belong to evil Haman. It's taken off Haman's finger probably before he's hung. And then given to Mordecai. This is an indication of great power and trust. It basically is saying to Mordecai, I trust you, I trust the queen, here is the signet ring, anything that you write as an edict or law can, can be made into law and proclaimed throughout the land. A lot of people don't realize this, but in chapter Eight, we see that Esther again approaches the king uninvited. This is the second time this happens. And he extends the scepter to her her, and she makes her final petition and request that this action not be carried out against her people. It sounds like initially what the king is saying is, nothing will happen to you, queen, nothing is going to happen to Mordecai but he may not have thought about what was happening to the remainder of the Jews. The king's edict or order was still in effect. And so what he does in, in uh, another event in this chapter is the letters of destruction for all the Jews are actually revoked. That's in verse 5. If you want to follow along, let's read that together. She said, If it pleases the king, and if I found favor in your side, if the thing seems right before the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the agagite, the son of Hamadapha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the provinces of the king. How can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I've given Esther the house of Haman. They've hanged him on the gallows because he intended to lay hands on the Jews. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king. Seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. By the way, who was wearing that ring? It wasn't Haman. Mordecai, the man who had humbled himself, who trusted God, was now lifted up and exalted into a tremendous position of power. I love the story. So, chapter 8, the queen gets the house. She gives it to Mordecai. Mordecai gets the signet ring. Esther gets the scepter extended to her again, makes a final plea. The king, uh, under his command, has the letters revoked. Then what I find interesting, the next thing that happens in verse 8, is the king says, Write as you please with regard to the Jews. He gives her a blank check. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, allow the Jews to do. I will bless it, and you have my authority. And so basically, there was a letter written that allowed the Jews to defend themselves from their enemies. And so as we continue reading this chapter, we see that the Jews are now uh, fighting those who would have them killed or destroyed. They're able to defend themselves by edict of the king, and it has been uh, put into law by the signet ring. Now, the last thing I want to point out is Mordecai's rise to power Drop down to verse 15. I just find this so interesting. Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a great golden crown. A robe of fine linen and purple, the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The kings had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict, There was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews for fear of the Jews had fallen on them. So what's happened? Things have very quickly changed where a man who was humble and trusted God has now been elevated to a tremendous position of authority and influence. The enemy of God's people is now dead, hung on his own gallows. And so I just want to point out, as we apply this, that the hand of God, the hand of God is what guides Mordecai. He gives him wisdom. If we can go to the next slide, we'll see that, that there's wisdom in Mordecai's decision. Where did that wisdom come from? Was, was Mordecai just a really smart guy? See, I think he trusted God. He humbled himself. Lord, guide us. Help me as a leader to lead the people. Give me wisdom. And I believe that's precisely what God will do to us today. The king gives Esther total freedom. So God has endowed Esther and Mordecai with power to protect his people. And finally, they can do what's ever necessary to protect the Jews. Why were the Jews protected? You see, if you go back, you'll understand that God made a covenant with his people. They were not to be eradicated. Yes, they were being punished for idolatry and for turning away from God. Thus, this would explain why they were in the 70 years of captivity, but God saw them as covenant people. Now, another thing that I wanted to point out as we bring our lesson to a close today is look at chapter 9, verse 14. Chapter nine, 14. I'll give you just a moment to flip over there. The king commanded this to be done and a decree was issued in Susa and the ten sons of Haman were hanged. You see, basically what's happening is we see the future evil, that is, those sons of Haman who were evil that probably would have uh, gotten uh, uh, retribution or paid back evil against the Jews. They were hung as well and destroyed. We see this happening in pagan lands where God sent his people into the promised land. And systematically evil and pagan people who would have done harm to God's people were destroyed. And now we see the ten sons of Haman destroyed as well. Chapter 9, verse 14. I see God's hand all through the book of Esther. I see God's providence, His love, His care, and His provision. You may recall, as a result of what happened in the book of Esther, there is a feast now called Purim. Purim means lots. You see, Haman initially cast lots to see how and where people would be destroyed. And so Purim, named by the Jews, is celebrated every year. This year in 2022, it was March 16 through 17. Just want to point out this. Is the Bible reliable? Is it true? Did these things really happen? Even to this day, all of the Jews celebrate what happened in the book of Esther every year, and it's called Purim. And so it's fitting that the Jews have this lasting holiday called the Feast of Purim. They wanted to remember what God had done. Let us as Gentiles Never forget what God has done for us. In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation song. But what I want to do in the remaining time, I want to conclude with four readings. And these readings, I'll set the context to frame of our readings. This is the provision and the protection of God. When you think about Esther and how God used these events to protect his people, this still applies today. Are we surrounded with evil times? Yes, are we concerned about what things are happening in our country? Yes. But God is still present, working in our lives to make sure that we, the faithful, will always be cared for. And so I'm going to ask the men that I've asked to read, come on down. And uh, our first reading, if we can go to the next slide, is Psalm 34. I think that's Stacy. I'm going to ask Stacy if he'll read Psalm 34, 4 through 7, 17 through 18.
6: I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit.
5: Now we'll have our next reading if we can advance the slide. First John five, four through five. Thanks, Will.
1: For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the
5: world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. Thank you, Will. Our next reading is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 4. I'm going to flip over to that and read that myself. If you have your Bible... 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 4. Now, here Paul talks about waging war and the, and the battles we fight. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Why do, I lift, uh, why do I mention that today, that we're still fighting those spiritual forces that are of the devil today, but we're in, enabled by God to fight that warfare with divine power. Our final reading today, next slide, is going to be Jim, Psalm 91. I've asked several, him to read several verses out of Psalm, Psalm 91. If you get a chance, read the entire chapter. It's a great psalm of God's provision and protection. Jim?
4: I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. That They will bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and
5: let him behold my salvation. Thank you, Gio. Those of you that are observant Bible students may recognize Psalm 91, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. The devil actually quoted from Psalm 91 saying, Jesus, jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Psalm says that you won't be harmed. The angels will bear you up. But you know what Jesus said to that devil? It is written. And so as you go through life... As you struggle, if you wonder if God is there, have faith, just like Esther. Have faith, just like Mordecai. Humble yourselves and keep studying the Word of God where you can be reassured that God is present in your life. And we see the end of the book of Esther, how Mordecai is elevated to a very prominent and powerful position, how Queen Esther has saved her people through her faith, her bravery, her courage. I hope you've enjoyed This lesson from Esther. And I hope you can apply these things in your life. Know that God loves you. He's still active in your life today. We're going to invite you to come. We're going to sing, Just As I Am. God wants you to come. Confess sin. Come to His throne. He loves you dearly. He loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son to die for you on the cross. Will you come today if you need to confess sin, if you need to become a Christian, whatever that need is, We invite you while Jesse leads us.
0: closing song this morning will be number 202, 202. Following this song will be dismissed in prayer. Sweetly,
1: Lord, we have heard thee calling, come follow me. And we see where thy footprints falling lead us to. Make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. By and by through the shining portals, turning our feet, we shall walk with the glad Immortal. Make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go.
6: Let's bow together. Thank you, Father in Heaven, for this morning, Uh, the gentle presence of your mercy and love through your Spirit. You've blessed us with uh, beautiful weather in the skies, with voices and hearts and the spirits within us that yearn to be like you, to fill up with the righteousness that you've created us to have. Thank you for times like this that so we can share encouragement and your word. Thank you for your servant Mr. Tom who brings us words of encouragement and truth and that you are calling us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for giving us things worthy of life and of work that we can be with you, participate in the in the divine and heavenly dwelling and reason that we're here. I, Father, thank you for an opportunity to serve, uh, especially those uh, in the church and those that are calling out that you would raise us up to be your instruments, to serve those who are hurting and oppressed, those who are afraid, those who are suffering, and those especially in all circumstances that call on your name Use us, Father, to be instruments of both peace and rescue, of love and goodness. We ask through Jesus' name. Amen.